Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to the Revival Fire podcast with Dr. Debbie Rich. You can find her on social media at Debbie Rich Ministries or check her website out at DebbieRichMinistries.org. Now, get ready to receive all that God has for you and enjoy the podcast. And uh, let me just start with telling you this. I don't know about you this morning, but I have a dream. Wow, I'm glad you're all excited about that. How many of you have a dream? How many think that's enough? No, there are all kinds of dreamers. There are even all kinds of visionaries. But when you go to the cemeteries, you might see an epilogue that talks about the great dream they had or the great vision they had, but it takes more than that. You gotta take it beyond the dreaming stage, take it beyond the vision stage, and take it on into the missionary stage where you're actually doing your dream, your God-given dream. So a dream isn't enough. You've gotta have a key to unlock that dream. So this morning, I want to tell you, I have a dream and I have a key. And most of you, let me see the hands again of people who have a dream. If you don't have one, I pray by the end of this day, you've got one. Because everybody born again and anybody spirit-filled better have a dream. Time is short. Jesus is coming. The harvest is great. And every one of us have our part to fill in that. You must have a dream. But there are all kinds of frustrated dreamers running around saying, I got a dream, but I don't have any way to fulfill that. Well, I dare say this morning that I am going to give you a key to unlock that dream. I referred momentarily yesterday when I was teaching on excessive God to the fact that 10 and a half years ago, I had nothing. I want to ask how many people have never really heard my testimony. I'm not talking about the little bit I said yesterday, but oh, that always amazes me. While some are saying, man, we've heard that so many times. We have have half the auditorium that never have. And because the Lord's given me some other things, I can't go into detail, but I feel I need to back up and say just a little bit here. I had old-time Pentecostal grandparents, thank God, that loved the Lord with all of their heart. But my mother, their daughter, had, had backslidden as a teenager and, and uh, married my father, and, and they never went to church. They weren't serving the Lord. And my grandparents said, we're not going to have any grandkids that, that aren't serving the Lord. So they asked my parents if they could stop and pick me and my little brother up and take us to church. And they started with me when I was three years old. I want you to know if your grandparents in here, even if your children are not yet in, oh, what a difference you can make in those grandbabies' lives. And from the time I was just two or three, they started taking me every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, every time the church doors were open. And I gave my life to Jesus when I was three years old. And believe it or not, from the time that I gave my life to Jesus, I would sit upon my grandfather's lap and I would tell him, I'm going to preach the gospel all over the world. The Lord showed me as just a little tot, different colors of people and different cultures that I would be preaching to. And it's all I ever 
ever wanted to do my entire life. When I was growing up in the church, I was so hungry. I wanted to sit on the front row of every single service. And I would sit there just, oh, we had a lot of evangelists in back then. And of course, we didn't know the move of God like we do today. But for the limited revelation that we had, I was so hungry. And, and when the evangelist would go by, I would say to my grandparents later, did you feel that when he walked by? And they would say, no, honey, but that was probably the anointing. And before I could even say the word, I said, I'm going to have that someday. Because I said, oh, I felt that every time he walked by. And, and I would go home with them and keep them up all weekend, asking them questions about the old camp meetings they went to Oral Roberts and Jack Coe's and William Branham's and they would tell me about the blind eyes open and the deaf ears unstopped and the people that came off of stretchers until I had the stories memorized but I didn't I didn't want to tell them I had them memorized I'd say tell me again about the blind eyes you saw come open because I was so hungry and then as I got older I would say how come we don't ever see that well honey we're in the last days and things are getting bad out there and we've just got to hang on till Jesus raptures us out of here. And I thought, hang on. And then I would come to the book of Acts and think, why is this still in here just to make me drool? If I'm in a hanging on time, my goodness, why is this in here? And why is John's gospel in here? Why does it tell me then that greater things than this will I do? So I kept, I kept doing more than hanging on. I said, oh, I'm going to see that. I'm going to see that. And then when I got into my teen years and the rest of the youth group was rebelling and backsliding, and I said, oh, no, there's a mark on my life. There's a mark on my life, and I'm not going to do that because I'm going to see the blind eyes come open and, and the deaf ears unstopped. And we still had some great detours because of wrong decisions along the line not, not knowingly not rebellion just just other people around you that chose to go another way and many opportunities to give up along the way but oh i had a dream i had a dream I had a dream. <laughs> Do you know that my grandfather just went home to be with Jesus a year ago? My grandmother is still alive at the age of 92. And guess who gets to call her? And she says, tell me again about the blind eyes that came open. Tell me again about the deaf ears that were unstopped. Tell me again about the person who was going to commit suicide who was carried out. Enjoy unspeakable and full of glory tell me again hallelujah <laughs> but between the day I, I could see that dream and the day that it started to be fulfilled a whole lot took place and then I remember a day ten and a half years ago when it looked like my dream was crushed. It looked like it and everybody came out of the woodwork to tell me that it was, including the clergy. <laughs> they said, Debbie, 
it's too bad that your husband fell in sin and went off and did what he did and we know that's not your fault but you know you're alone now it's all over huh. it's all over and then uh, then a visiting minister came to Alaska I was pastoring a church at that time out in the middle of the wilderness my husband had walked out the door with another woman I was making a thousand dollars a month pastoring in that little church on Alaskan cost of living which is the highest in the nation I had three sons to raise by myself I had a total car my son had driven it off a mountain when he was learning to drive coming down from my prison ministry I took him with me that day where we were seeing a mighty revival in that prison but I made the mistake of letting him drive and it was a corkscrew turn coming off that prison coming down a mountain and uh, he lost it in the gravel on the ice and that car went flying off the mountain with us in it and hit a tree at the bottom people came running from all sides they just knew we would be dead we did not have a scratch on us thank God for the blood of Jesus and the angels of God but the car was totaled three doors smashed in the roof the grill completely totaled the insurance company said but I was still making payments on that thing they said they could pay it off and I keep it and uh, I said well I guess that's all I can do I don't have money for another one so even though three doors the roof the grill were all smashed in the engine and the tires still worked and when you have an engine and when you have four tires there's no stopping you if you have a dream so what the car goes down the highway at an angle so what it looks like nobody could even be driving that thing we had to put a different color of a hood on it than the rest of the car that we got out of out of uh, the junkyard and and can you imagine me pulling up to your door hello the the pr prosperity teacher is here what he's done for me he'll do for you <laughs> but I still had a dream I still had a dream <laughs> then then another church down the road had an evangelist in and I had never heard him but I had heard of him and so I decided to go and afterwards I got invited out to lunch with the pastors and with the evangelists and and I was so happy about that because I hadn't had a call from anybody going through what I was going through they were all embarrassed they didn't know what to say and suddenly they called and said why don't you come to the service today and I was I was so thrilled I felt like my time of leprosy was over just to get a call from a pastor and and uh, we went out to lunch and I asked this evangelist some practical questions about the ministry because I was already starting to go out to the villages of Alaska I wanted to ask him some questions about plane tickets and he looked at me and he said lady I don't know you I've never heard you minister and I'm not under the anointing right now thank God he at least said that and he said he said so I'm not prophesying to you but I'm gonna give you my opinion and I thought all I asked you was something about plane tickets and he said yeah but I want to tell you something else I heard what happened to you and your family I want you to know it's all over I looked up I mean all I was still holding on to by a thread was the dream in my heart and he said it's all over and I'll give you three reasons it's all over 
First of all, you are a woman. I should have just gotten up, walked over to a mirror and went, oh, I am. I didn't know that. Thank God revelation knowledge comes through people. Number two, he says, Alaska is cold. Now he's just up there visiting in the summer or in the fall, I guess it was, but still, I've been going out to the villages, laying on village floors where it's 50 degrees below zero Fahrenheit to preach the gospel. And now I need a visitor coming up for a week to tell me Alaska is cold. Number three, you have no husband. Once again, he was not bringing me revelation knowledge. I was aware I was a woman, Alaska was cold, and that I had no husband. But he thought that was going to turn me around once I knew those things. But I had a dream. <laughs> he said, you're going to go out to one of those villages and you're going to freeze to death or starve to death. And then your, your children will have no parents. He said, you better just go back home to Nebraska where you grew up. Forget this call of God thing and be a mom. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I had been through 18 years of abuse of every kind, including physical abuse. And I had been, I had been to hell and back, but I was holding on to my dream. And all of a sudden, I had a man of God tell me, forget that dream. It's too late. You're a woman. Alaska's cold. You have no husband. But there's something he forgot. But God, but God, but God, but God, but God. But God, but God, but God. <sighs> I don't have time to tell you the whole story except to say I have sent that man a check and thanked him for that day. <sighs> I have. <sighs> because that day caused me to get down on my knees and say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. If you tell me to go back to Nebraska and just be a mom, I will do that. But I've got to hear from you today because I'm telling you, once I've heard from you, no man, no woman, no boy, no girl is going to be able to stop me, not the hordes of hell, because I know that your promises are yea and amen. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'm not going to give you the details except to say I heard from God that day. And one thing the Lord said, among other things, was you're exactly where I want you. You have nothing. Nobody knows you. You don't have a newsletter. You, you, you don't have an invitation. You don't have a dollar in the bank. You've got a total car. Nobody thinks you can make it. That's exactly where I want you because I'm about to raise you up and send you all over the world and everybody will know that it's not you, that I have done this thing and that what I've done for you, I can do for anybody else because I'm no respecter of persons. Oh, 
Hallelujah. Ah, man, I had notes with I have a dream and they're already fallen by the wayside. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is going to resurrect some things in people today. And some of you, he's going to birth something in you. I don't know how you could be sitting here till Wednesday of camp meeting and not have it birthed already, but just in case, just in case there's some late birthers. Today, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost. So I begin, I begin to do what I could with my limited resources, which wasn't very much. But I was working, I was working in a used clothing store, saving up money to get a plane ticket to go out to the villages. Like once a month, I had a prison ministry going on that was exploding, that didn't cost us anything. And we were beginning to do a few things. You can't just drive up and down the streets in Alaska to get started as an evangelist like you can in what we call the lower 48 states. You have to fly everywhere you go. And you usually have to take two plane tickets to wherever you go, maybe a plane ticket to a city like Fairbanks and then another little little plane to the village so it costs you a good thousand dollars if you travel by yourself to go out to a little church in a little village of 30 people and then you lay on the floor with no running water and you eat things like moosehead soup and and they tell you there's there's wood out back and you look and they're just talking about trees and that's how we got started. But I still had a dream. And the dream was to go all over the world because the Lord told me that as a little girl. I had the call, I had the anointing, I had the dream, but boy, I didn't have any way to unlock it. <laughs> then weeks later, I get a call from a friend who says, Debbie, you've gotta to come to Anchorage there's a man having meetings like you're having. You say, what are you talking about? It didn't sound like you had anything. Oh, we didn't have many people, but I'm telling you, that day, that day that that other evangelist had discouraged me and I got a hold of God, I began to cry out for fresh oil from heaven. I didn't even know what I was asking for, but the next week in our little church, the glory came in. I was drunk in the Holy Ghost for the first time in my Pentecostal life. I pulled myself up off the floor and crawled up the wall. Everybody else in my church was hit. That begin to happen in the prison first time we walked in 30 some men fell out of their seats drunk in the Holy Ghost that began to happen in all the villages and now once again I was getting calls from pastors who are saying Debbie we're worried about you we have heard reports you were the most well-balanced teacher we knew of we told everybody one thing we can assure you about Debbie's ministry she is so well-balanced she will never get in excess she will never get close to anything that's really out there. She's line upon line, precept upon precept. And we heard that you, that you stand up to preach and people start laughing and you fall out laughing sometimes. And is that true? <clears throat> well, yeah, sort of. I start out just like I've always started out. I don't know. I, I don't know. I asked for fresh oil. I guess this is fresh oil. I don't, I don't expect it to last much longer than this, but this must be the fresh oil that I needed or something. And I don't know what to tell you. Well, dear, we know you've been through a lot, honey. Perhaps you should talk to someone. I said I did. That's when this all started.
<laughs> but God. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> so just when I was completely ostracized, like I haven't had enough rejection at this point, a friend calls and says, there's a man in Anchorage. And Debbie, you know that, that joy thing you've had happening in your meetings, it's happening in his, and he says it's happening all over the world. And he says it's been happening now for two or three years in his ministry. You ought to get in there. And I said, well, I'd love to, but it's 65 miles away. It's, it's the middle of the winter in Alaska. It was November of 1992. The roads are covered with ice. And, you know, and, and where I lived, in between where I lived in Anchorage, there's a big valley where all the moose gather. And, uh, I mean, those things will total a car. <clears throat> and needless to say, I didn't know how many totalings mine could take. And the roads were covered in ice. And those dumb moose, I tell you, they wait. They wait out in the woods and they go, oh, car coming. <laughs> and they don't, get, they don't come out there. They don't come out. And those things weigh 2,000 pounds. We're not talking about a little deer. And I just said, you know, besides that, I got a village trip planned and I got the prison ministry going on and I'm still pastoring a church and I would love to get in there, but I got a million reasons not to. But I was arrested with the next sentence. Oh, Debbie, you don't know how much glory is in those meetings. And when she said the word glory, the word glory came out of the phone and permeated me. And I said, I'll cancel everything. I'll cancel my village trip. I'll get somebody else to go into the prison. I'll tackle the moose. We're going to get in there. It's an hour and a half away over icy roads. But I went in in the morning and I came back an hour and a half in the afternoon. And I went in an hour and a half at night and came back an hour and a half at night. And the first meeting I was carried out. And I walked into the greatest glory that I ever walked into my life. And I thought back to those days, Grandma and Grandpa, why aren't we seeing this today? And I walked in and said, oh, I knew I had a dream and I knew I knew I would live to see this day I love the joy I love the glory I loved everything else he was doing in those meetings but before every offering he did this strange thing he got up and taught on giving and I thought okay maybe the guy's gonna take five minutes here Well, I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> and the first time I thought, okay, I like what he said. It's good, it's true. I've been to two Bible schools. The last one emphasized faith, emphasized the blessings of God, emphasized healing, emphasized that God wants to prosper you. And I've already had a mind change there. My mind's been renewed and yes, what he's saying is true. But he's quoting scriptures that, I mean, he's reading scriptures that I can quote. I already had a whole course on this. I had a whole course on giving and receiving. I got an A on the test. I didn't miss a single question. I already know it. He doesn't have to take 40 minutes here, an hour here, because I already know this. Man, you ought to be laughing right here. I have a total car. I'm living in an old trailer out in the wilderness. 
that my fuel oil costs were more than my rent. You couldn't get natural gas out there and I couldn't afford to hang on to that thing any longer and I was getting ready to move in with people from my church right at the moment, but I don't need this because I've heard it before. I don't need this because I got an A in the test. And right while I'm sitting there, I thought, well, I can endure it for all these other people who didn't get to go to a faith school like me. <laughs> they probably need it. Oh, I'm telling you, pride will make you just plain stupid. Everybody else in that auditorium had a better car than I had. Everybody else had their own home. I'm getting ready to move in with other people, but I'm going to endure it because they might need it because I've already heard it. That's where the sentence was invented, how dumb can you be and still breathe? <laughs> and as I was looking around, the Holy Ghost arrested me and said, Debbie, I sat up because I knew there wasn't a Debbie sitting beside me. And he said, he said, I sent this man all the way from South Africa, all the way to America, all the way up to Alaska, that's halfway around the world, so that you could fulfill your dream, so that you could be set free, so that you could have the key. And instead of taking it, you are belittling it and you are thinking you don't need it. And he said, if you will repent, I will set you free and give you the key. I began shaking in my seat and weeping in my seat. I repented. Pastor Rodney, I, I didn't even tell you this part, but a couple of days before that, he had already come up to me at a minister's luncheon. Actually, he looked out at the crowd and he said, lady, and I looked at the pastor's wife sitting beside me over here and the one on this side and they're looking at me. I went, me? He went, yes. And I thought, oh great, here we go. You're a woman, Alaska's cold. <laughs> I mean, I prepared myself for it after what I've been through. And he said, lady, God just showed me that a man of God just told you a few weeks ago that it was all over. I don't care what men have told you. God sent me here to tell you just the opposite, that he saw you as a little girl, that he watched what you've been through all these years, that he knows what your husband did, but it does not negate the call of God upon your life. He sees the faithfulness, he sees the anointing, he sees the tenacity, and it shall be a worldwide ministry just as he showed you as a little girl, and he will bring it forth. And because you don't have anything you're exactly where he wants you and he will receive all the glory and he already prophesied to me everything I prophesied to myself that day I got a hold of God and already had on paper and already had on a tape thank God let me just stick this in for free and I know I gotta start hurrying here just like pastor said last night those of you waiting for him to give you a word you best get one from god first and then perhaps god will allow him to confirm it what if i hadn't heard from god for myself i have one man of god tell me it's all over now one man of god tell me to go for it now what am i gonna have to do find another man of god and get two out of three <laughs> but when you've heard from god then God can let someone confirm that. You better get a hold of something for God, from God for yourself here. 
So now he walks off the platform while I'm weeping during the giving teaching. He says, uh, God's telling you to do the same thing, isn't he? Because when I was repenting, the Lord spoke to me and said, I've set you free this day. The first thing I heard Pastor Rodney say when I got set free, I'm telling you, I knew the moment. And the, the moment that I got set free, I wanted to shout out, I got it. It's just like years of poverty mentality and, and just little thinking. The anointing had destroyed it in a moment. In a moment. Hallelujah. And I heard pastor say, when I was in South Africa and I had nothing but a dream. I prayed, I called out and said, Lord, if you will give me the key to breakthrough, I will make duplicates of it and I will take them all around the world and give them to anyone who will take one. And he said, I have come today with a key to breakthrough. And I remember thinking, sir, I have a dream, but I need that key. I will take it. And I took it. Well, two of you got that. I took it. You say, just in that moment, just in that moment, I took it on the inside. I said, I will never be this way again. He said, the key is to give your way out of where you are right now. I looked and I had a dollar and 50 cents and it wouldn't help him. It wouldn't take his ministry anywhere, but I'm telling you, that's all I had left and it would buy me another half gallon of milk for my three sons and myself. But I thought, oh God, oh God, I don't have anything to lose. I'm at the bottom of the barrel with a barrel on top of me. I'm gonna give my way out of this mess. I have caught a key. I have a key and I'm not staying here. I'm going all around the world. Then the Lord spoke to me and said, I've set you free this day. I want you to teach it like this wherever you go. I argued with him. I said, God, I don't go to big churches like this man does. I go to little village places where they don't have any industry. Nobody even receives an offering. The, the missionaries go in and give to them. If I get up and teach on giving and take up an offering, they're going to say, look at this white woman coming to take our money. And the Lord said, if you don't, I'll hold you personally responsible for their poverty because this word has to work in the village like it does in Metropolitan USA or it's not the word of God. Pastor walked off the platform, came up to me and said, God's telling you to teach it the same way. I said, I know, I've just been talking to him, but here's the deal. I don't go to big churches like you do and I can see it's not even going over real big today where we were at. Some of the pastors were walking out on him and shaking their heads at him. And I said, it's never gonna go over big where I go. And I started to give him my excuses and he stopped me. He put his finger right at my face and he said, listen, God told me to tell you, if you do not, he will hold you personally personally responsible for their poverty because this word has to work in the village like it works in the city and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost was all over me and I said yes sir I just heard that somewhere and the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established from that day to this day ten and a half years ago we have taught it into 22 nations several of them repeatedly all over Alaska all over the United States we have taught it in little churches we've taught it in houses we've taught it on the floor we've taught it in big churches I'm telling you I have a key and today I have made duplicates of that key and the Lord is sending me to pass them out to whoever will take one I was gonna talk a little bit about dreams and Joseph's dream, but I gotta get to the meat of this now. 
But I want to read you this verse in Genesis 37. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. <laughs> Doesn't that sound exciting? Forget it, Joseph. You're a boy. You're the youngest. And it doesn't matter what, what Israel's climate is because you're leaving here anyway. He had a dream. And he had a key. Now, I want, I want to talk to you a few minutes about a key. I've been thinking about this for a few days. Keys have different notches in them and you got to get all the notches just right to make them unique to fit into the hole you want to fit it in now i had some notches before pastor rodney came to anchorage i had already had my mind renewed that yes it's god's will to bless me now that that was a start because when I grew up in Pentecost, I'd been taught it was not God's will to bless me. So I got a notch for, on my key for going, okay, I realize now God wants to bless me. At least up here, I realize it. But mental ascent and heart revelation are two different things. And I had another notch in my key because I, I had the dream and I had the tenacity. So, so those things are important. But you've got to have the key just right to unlock. I'm telling you, if you don't have a key, no matter what is on the other side of that door, you will never be able to obtain it. You need a key or you can't go anywhere. I don't care how nice your car is. Without the key, you're going to sit there. You may have transportation, but you've got to have the key to get somewhere. You can't get in your house. You can't use your equipment. You, you can't do anything without a key to the door. You can't even get on your, on your webpage and, and do anything with, without the certain password, the key that unlocks that whole computer system to you. But when pastor came, and this is what so many people miss, I no longer just listened to some scriptures. I no longer just took some notes. Okay, if I give, men will give back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, I'm running over. Okay. God delights in my prosperity. Okay, another verse. He will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Okay. He'll bless me coming in, bless me going out. I'll be the head and not the tail. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I, it should be working for me like it does everybody else. No. That came that day with fresh anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. And revival cannot be taught. It must be caught. Another notch in the key is opening up your heart. Another, uh, another notch in it is surrender, is humility. Another notch in it is saying, oh God, I'm going to mix faith with it. And you get another little notch in the key. And another one is a pure heart. Why do I want this? Do I want this for three more cars in my garage? Or do I want this to take the nations and to walk on the water and God's watching all that and you get another little notch in the key and all of a sudden you can see what that man's vision is you can see what his heart is and you say I'm going there with him I will grab a hold of his shirt tail and I'm going in to take the nations with him and you get another notch in the key and then you start, uh, you start to learn the proportion and giving. This ain't gonna cut it anymore. We gotta go to another level. And you start going, oh God bless God, I will believe you or I will die. But I will go down saying your promises are yea and amen. And I'm gonna go to another level. And 
I'm giving tonight like it is not in my pocketbook to give. It's not in my account to give. But oh Lord, through the eye of faith, I'm not going to go by circumstances. I'm going to be like Abraham who considered not his body even though it was dead. I will not consider that I don't have anything. I won't consider that the bank account says it's empty. I won't consider the fact that my credit card is here or that this is going on over here. Oh God, tonight all I can see is, is through the eye of faith. I see where I'm going because I have a dream and I'm stepping out on the water and I'm giving like I have never given before. If I've got to go to the bank and borrow to give, if I've got to, if I've got to say, oh kids, maybe we're not going to eat quite as much this week, but bless God, we aren't staying here. We're going to another level. Oh, you expect it to happen immediately. But I came out, my old total car was sitting out there. I came out and I still had to go back to that place and I moved in with other people. And you know what? They had a half bath that they had not put the plumbing in yet and that became my bedroom. Good thing I'm short. They built a bed out of plywood. They built beds for my three sons. And my boys used to say, Mom, if you keep giving like that, we'll never get our own house. But bless God, oh, bless God. When they came home to the new home in Tampa and the new car in the driveway and paying for their college and blessing them and giving my son a honeymoon when he got married, he, I, he tears running down his face. And I remember the day that I thought, Mom has lost it the way she is giving. We're never gonna have anything except this junky furniture and they said oh mom you were right that you can't outgive God that we weren't going to stay there because you had a dream of going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory that, that key is precise for exactly everything you need you wouldn't believe how my key just goes in places and goes do you know in 1996, I was here, of course, for a pastor's camp meeting at the Sun Dome. And one of the nights after the service, I was still so drunk in the Holy Ghost, and I came back to my hotel. And Todd, wave your hand here. His wife, Katie, she's, she's at home this morning with the baby, but she's been here in all the meetings and will be here tonight. She used to travel with me on the road, and she was with me at the time and when I went back to the hotel room and, and uh, I said, you know, we're so drunk and we're so tired and she's brushing her hair. And I said, God spoke to me tonight. It's time for television and radio. But I said, I don't know anything about it. I, we don't really have the finances for that. I mean, God is miraculously supplied. We're going into the nations. But I mean, this is another step and it doesn't look like it's there. But I said, he just told me to declare it tonight to somebody. So I'm telling you, we're going on television and radio. She said, oh, good, okay. Kept brushing her hair. Nobody else heard that. The next morning, pastor called me up to testify i never knew when he was going to do that or if he was going to do that and and i got up there and after i was finished there was there were long lines of people i mean just give me a moment here because i still like to think about all these moments through the 10 years there were long lines of people i went back to go to the restroom couldn't even get to the restroom for the lines of people saying when can you come to my church when can you come to my nation I thought, I must be having a dream. <laughs> yeah. 
And in those lines of people, one man hollered out, hello, my name is Sid Roth. And he says, uh, I have 31 radio stations across the country and God just spoke to me to put you on for a week all over the country at no expense to yourself. Is that all right? I think that's all right, sir. Standing behind him was a man who says, my name is Russ Bixler. He said, I have, a, I have a television station in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Every year I do three days of live revival meetings. And he said, I always have in people like the Happy Hunters and Richard Roberts and he's naming everybody. His pastor would say the who's who in the charismatic zoo. And he said, I've never ever heard of you, but God just spoke to me as you were testifying to have you in this year. We will fly you in, we'll put you up. It won't cost you anything. Satellite will pick you up all over the country. Is that all right? I think that's all right. I'll just stick this in for free though, because this is all about another notch in the key. I know you do sister and you're going to have it. Come on right now. Oh, hallelujah. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Oh God, desperation. You always meet us at the point of desperation. Lord, you're no respecter of persons. What you did for this Alaska woman, you'll do for this Tampa woman, or where are you from? Haiti. Oh, for this Haiti. Oh, do you know I was in Haiti last year? And I, yes, and I wept. I wept when I left that place and watched the pigs go into the bathroom and the water where the people were drinking. And I said, God, we're gonna keep coming back here and it's gonna change. And I'm telling you, one of the ways it's gonna change is through you, in Jesus' name. That $5 bill, if you could see in the realm of the spirit, is a huge key that will take you all over the world. It's got notches in it, notches of desperation. It's got notches of faith. It's got notches of, of perspiration. It's got notches of humility. Hallelujah. When that television man told me what the dates were that time, I said, oh, I can't go now. Oh, you better listen to this. There are all kinds of ministers that base out of this church and people have been touching this ministry that aren't here this week. Got more important things to do. I mean, I got my little key now, so why do I need him anymore? I got just as much anointing as he does now, bless God. Maybe he'll have to come to my camp meeting. I'm talking about notches in your key. I'm tired, so am I, so is he. Oh, Jesus. You know what I told him I couldn't come. Even after that miracle, I couldn't come because his date were going to be during the, the summer camp meeting. We were at winter camp meeting. Even while you give people, listen to this, because this is an important factor. I said, I can't come, sir. I can't miss Pastor Rodney's camp meeting. He said, can't you miss one? I said, no, I can't. 
can you change the dates for me? And he said, no, I can't. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertising. I cannot change the dates. So you know what I said? I can't come then. And you know what happened? I went to my next revival and the man called me and said, we've changed the dates for you. Will you come? Do you know just weeks ago, people, when Pastor Rodney went to London, England, the Holy Ghost told me, cancel all your plans and go to London with him. I said, why? And the Lord said, just obey me. We're talking about notches in the key. Obedience is another notch. Just what you're doing right now, obedience. And just what we're going to do again in a few minutes, obedience. <laughs> oh, breakthrough. So I went to London, England with Pastor. On the way to London, don't miss this, on the way to London, I was reading Amy Simple McPherson's book, the one called Sister Amy. I was just finishing it, 400 and some pages, and saying, God, she had miracles unprecedented in the church. Lord, I, I see a lot of similarities. I'm pressing in. And right before I closed the book, I saw that Amy preached in Royal Albert Hall in London, England. Do you know where I was? On a jet getting ready to go over to London, England, where Pastor would be preaching in Royal Albert Hall. I started laughing and I said, man, Pastor is preaching where Amy preached. Do you suppose I'll ever preach there someday? Do you know I got to London and Pastor said one day, Debbie, I'm not supposed to preach tomorrow afternoon. The Holy Ghost told me you're supposed to take the whole service. I never told him what I had read. I never told him what I had said. All of a sudden the key slipped in there and went to And I was standing in Royal Albert Hall looking at the Queen's box, thinking about a man that told me it's all over. You're a woman. Alaska's cold. You don't have any husband. And now you're standing at Royal Albert Hall just like we did in Madison Square Garden. Only God can do these things. Do you know Joseph's key, humility and a giving spirit, anybody who can forgive their brethren, you know what forgiveness means? It means granting, giving a remittance ahead of time before you even see the proof. You're willing to give it ahead of time. He was a giver, he was humble, and Joseph's key unlocked the pit, unlocked Potiphar's house, unlocked prison, unlocked the kingdom, unlocked Israel's posterity, and, and unlocked Israel's future. Joseph's key unlocked forgiveness. Joseph's key got out bitterness. Joseph's key brought prosperity to Egypt and Israel for many years to come. Hallelujah. I had a dream, but no key, and one day I got the key. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at all the different times my key worked. I would come to camp meeting, empty out my bank account, empty out, <laughs> empty out everything I had personally and ministry-wise, and go to the next little Alaskan church of 30 people, and they would hand me a $15,000 check like I never even got in churches of thousands. 
A key was just the week before going, God, I'm giving to this man's vision. Pastor Rodney had a dream. America shaken. America in total revival. America a great awakening. And God gave him the key for it. Giving his way out of poverty. Giving his way. A key to the nations of the world. A key to revival. A key to the anointing. A key to being trusted. A key to miracles. A key to miracles popping like popcorn. A thousand people sat in that auditorium in Alaska and heard the same message that I did. And to my knowledge, not one out of a thousand took a key. And they're still sitting there. Some of them went, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just go after the giving parts open like I, over like I see a lot of preachers have done this morning. <laughs> Especially if Debbie's doing it, we've heard her story. I, I, think, I think we'll just come for that joy part. That's kind of fun to watch people shaking and quaking and running. I don't want to come for that work part, though, where I got to sweat when I ask God how much I should give. <laughs> Besides that, that giving thing doesn't even work. I mean, I'm still in the mess I was in. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I don't know. I, I gave five bucks five nights, and... You know, I'm still in my mess. Another notch in the key is if that five bucks is your all, it's like 50 million. Or if that five bucks is your cream off the top, because I guess I can afford about 200 bucks this week divided by, you know, 10, 12 services. So each service I should be able to give about. So no matter what they say, I've already decided what I'm going to do, what I can afford. You do what you can afford to do, you'll never have the key. You will never have the key. You might get by like we talked about. I know I taught more yesterday. Now this is just coming out of my heart today the two have to come together we aren't just talking about living the same way day to day every day you know what just happened to that woman get her five dollars though because that's a key I'm serious I'm serious that's her key we want that five dollars back up here because that's the biggest key in the auditorium this morning we want it up here. We might need to frame it. Masapashko. Oh, never the same. Never the same. When that's your all, like it was mine in Alaska, that's like $50 million while somebody else goes, okay, I think I'll write out a $1,000 check tonight. But they've got, they've got 20 grand just in their checking account, 50 grand in their savings account, 100 grand in stocks and bonds and IRA over here. That $1,000 was nothing and God didn't even see it. Oh, I'm trying to make it plain so people can finally get the key. Well, how much do I got to give? For Pete's sake, all you got to do is look in your heart. Are you, are you getting desperate? Do you want a key? Is it costly? Is it your alabaster box or is it just another offering? That is the difference between a key and just staying where you're at. You say, well, you said you only had to give a buck and a half. That's because it's all I had. And guess what? Now you know what the Lord says to me? Things like this. When I have $10,000 worth of bills 
and maybe, maybe 200 left in the ministry account, sometimes he'll say, give 3,000. <sighs> but we only have 200 left in the account. Yeah, but you got other things. You got cards there. You got all kinds of stuff. You could even sell that over there. You could do that over there. Oh, but Lord, how come you always ask me? Because you keep wanting bigger keys. You don't want to go to 22 nations. That one used to fit. That one used to fit. It took you to the Alaskan villages, and that one took you all over the United States. But then you want to start going to the nations. Now you want to go to the world. And quite frankly, I'm going to make this announcement because I just feel I need to. Very, very soon, we're going on coast-to-coast television. Oh, you say, oh, when was that deal formulated? It hasn't been. I haven't done a thing except to announce it right now. I'm telling you, I need a bigger key. So I've got to give here today like I don't have to give because I've got to have a bigger key. Why do I keep preaching all the time? Because I'm telling you, 90% still don't have it. Even here at the river, even people who come to camp meetings every year. I can tell. You say, how can you tell? Oh, there's all kinds of ways I can tell. I can tell by people's faces. I can tell when I'm preaching it. <clears throat> I can tell by the amens. Amen. Mm-hmm. 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 That's good. That's good. Do you know when Pastor Oh a few weeks ago, a few months ago now, Pastor started teaching on giving again, and every time I sit there and go, God, let me hear it like I've never heard it. God, let me pretend I've never heard him teach it. I've only heard him teach it about 500,000 times now. Let, let me pretend like I don't teach it myself and I only teach it twice a day around the world for 10 and a half years now. Let me pretend I've never heard this passage before. Let me get something I've never gotten. That's a dangerous thing to pray. That's an extremely dangerous thing to pray because he was teaching and preaching. Pretty soon tears were running down my face like they did the first time I was in Alaska and was so desperate. And you know what I heard? I tell you, I've, ne- I've never announced this myself at the river. Uh, I know pastor did one night. Oh, don't miss it. Oh, please don't anyone misunderstand this I'm not doing this to brag I'm not doing this had quite the opposite I feel like when I watch pastors giving and other people I feel like I haven't done anything yet but I'm not staying where I'm at I'm just trying to get something across to you right now from my heart I was listening to that in desperation that night desperation to, to fulfill his vision desperation to go to another level desperation and he was teaching so good and it was like I never heard it before and I had already given everything in the ministry and myself I didn't have any other big thing and I wanted a big alabaster box had broken that night and the Lord spoke to me I don't have time to tell you this whole story right now except to say God miraculously gave me the car of my dreams last year I mean miraculously I didn't pay for it what you would normally pay for a car like that and somebody if you heard the whole story it's such a miracle but I ended up with the car of my dreams out there that that red sports car across the, the street I'll just tell you it's a vet and I usually hold back saying things like that because people come out of here, take it out of context. Ah, she preached about a Corvette. Oh, no. But I had dreamed since I was a little girl of having one of those. I'd never even driven one. I thought, man, if I could just drive one sometime. And somebody, somebody kind of dumped that in my lap, and I don't have time to tell you that whole story. 
But that night when pastor was teaching, <laughs> the Lord said, would you give me that new car to fulfill this house's vision and to encourage his heart? And I took that car out to their house. And I put a painting that was in my house that was the second favorite thing that I have. It was a Kincaid painting. I put it in the trunk of the car. And I took it out there. And I said, tonight, I'm breaking another alabaster box. And I took the painting out and they were touched. I said, no, that was just part of it. And really that was just to distract you from the real surprise. And he said, what is it? And I held up some keys. He said, what are those? And I said, you know, because I bought three other people cars this year, one in Bible school that desperately needed a new car and I've got those out on loans. One for my parents, my dad was sick and they, they've never had a new car and theirs have fallen apart and they couldn't even pick me up at the airport and I took them on his birthday and just surprised him. That didn't come out of the ministry, that came out of my own salary, they all have come out of my own salary. And because I had that many loans out, I knew I couldn't take out another loan for another car. So I asked my secretary if she'd drive me around in her, her old pickup. I said, I'm not that home that often anyway, and I don't need another car for a long time. I'm going to take this out there. It's the only vehicle I have. And she said, yeah, I'll take you around in my pickup. And <laughs> so I took it out there, and I spent time that day. I hired this done to have it detailed and have it washed inside and out. Took everything out of it, had it spanking, shining clean. And I held up the keys. And he said, I'll only receive this under one condition. Will you accept my condition? I said, yeah, if you'll just take it. And he said, okay, here's my condition. I accept this car, but you must let an evangelist friend of mine take care of it for me. And I said, all right. And he said, she's an awesome woman of God. And I, he said, I'm not ever home anyway, or not home enough to, he said, thank you, Debbie, we accept it from our heart. And he said, I'll come borrow it once in a while, but you must take care of it for me. I drove it back home that night crying now, because God, I didn't get to break my alabaster box. And he said, you certainly did, and I watched it. Oh. I've always hesitated to tell it, even though Pastor did once. I don't want you to misunderstand. It's nothing. I hear him up here and I'm going, oh God, I want to write out a million dollar check because someday I'm going to. God, I want to go out and pay for his whole crusade and someday I'm going to. But you don't get there by just listening to the message and going, uh-huh, I think I can really stretch myself with a 50 tonight. No, I'm talking about big stretches. I'm talking about $1,000 stretches. I'm talking about pulling out savings stretches. I'm talking about $50,000 stretches. I don't usually get that bold. And those of you who hear me all the time know that I never mention amounts. I just always say, hear from the Holy Ghost, but it's time that somebody's got to get this
listen, you gotta make it plain. We aren't talking about, oh, I'm such a good giver, I do this all the time. Yeah, but you gotta have a bigger key now. Time is shorter and we're gonna reap the nations in a day. We're gonna reap them in a day. We're gonna reap them in a day. And we're gonna need some big keys for it and some big finances for it. Oh, when I look back where I was, people from Alaska come and stare at me. I had a lady come up here. She doesn't know how much that encouraged my heart yesterday after the meeting. She said, oh, I loved what you said. And she sat down here on the floor talking to me. And she said, I heard you in that little train depot in Palmer, Alaska. I was so shocked. I said, you did? She said, yeah, and I heard you at this other church in Alaska. I used to live there. Now I live in Colorado. She said, she said thank you for not quitting when it got hard thank you for how you've impacted my life another lady came up last night and said I'm a woman minister I've been able to keep going in the hard times because of the few times I've heard you oh we faced a few battles and a few giants like you've all faced even since we've all met last. But oh, what's a giant when you see giant grapes? <laughs> what's a walled city when you see a land flowing with milk and honey? I've got a bigger dream than I used to have. Not 25 nations, not 30, the world. I see multitudes as far as the eye can see, just like in Brother Reinhardt Bonnke's meetings. I see them in pastor's meetings, and I see some of them in many of our meetings that are hooked up with them. You know what? This is another notch in the key. No matter what God does with me, I only consider myself an extension of this ministry because this is where I was touched. This is where I received the fire. This is where, when everybody said it was all over, one man of God who didn't have anything to, to gain and everything to lose, took a lady who was ostracized and broke and put his arm around her and said, it's not all over, you're just getting started. I'm not going to get too busy not to make it to camp meeting. I'm not going to be too tired to make it to a morning service. I'm not going to get too, and you understand the context of what I'm saying, too worldwide famous. Sorry, I got television to do during your camp meeting. No, no, sir, I can't do TV because that's going to be during pastor's camp meeting. That's another part of the notch in the key. This week, I've got little needs in my own ministry. Oh, some of you knew them, you'd think they were big. But because I know of pastors, mine are real little. Mine are real little. And this week, I'm going to a new level, and I'm getting me a big key. And I'm gonna give even this day, 
in proportion to where we're at and what we have coming up. I'm going to give today like I've never given. And I'm not, I don't usually announce that either, but I'm announcing that to challenge you, to challenge you. I don't know if anybody else got anything here today, but if you didn't, I did this for me because even as I've been preaching, I've been preaching myself happy and I can see even while I'm preaching a bigger dream and a bigger key and where I'm going and bless God, all the devils in hell won't hold me back. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I don't have a husband. Alaska's cold and Florida's hot, but I'm going somewhere that I've never gone before and no circumstances will make a difference. I got a dream and I got a key and in my hand, in my hand are keys. You may not see them, but I've got handfuls of them. I hope I don't waste them here this morning. I hope I don't waste them. There's a Haiti woman who just took a key. I hope some people, well, I'm already a businessman. I'm already pretty prosperous. Thank you, I don't need a key. Oh, you selfish person who needs to get a dip this morning. Yes, you need to go where you haven't gone yet. Yes, ma'am. Now listen to me. To take that key, you know, you know how you take that key from what I preached today. You you don't just you don't just go. Yeah, I'll take it. That's what most people do around here. We preach a good message. They dance. They stomp. They run, and they don't give. And they can stomp and run and shout all they want and jump over hoops. You say, but I don't have anything to give. I don't believe that. God gives seed to the sower. I'm telling you, you got something. You got something. You got something. I don't care if it's down to your last penny. I don't care if you take a necklace off your neck. I, I just don't ever get this bold, but I, I'm in another realm today. I'm in another realm today. You got something. You got something. I don't care if it's a deed. I don't care if it's stocks and bonds back home that you got to get out. I don't care if you got to write a note. This is what I'm going to do. I just don't have time to do it for a few days. But you got something. You got something. You got a pot of oil somewhere. You've got something in your cupboard somewhere. You've got something something and this is breakthrough day I've got a dream and I've got a key I've got a dream and I've got a key and the key is to give give your way out of it bless God I keep going to new levels but this morning I can feel this level this is going to be a probando. that's what it's going to be it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a rocket ship boom to another level. If I got that kind of faith this morning and I'm the one who's been given the authority to minister right now, you know what that means? That faith is in the house and I'm leading you into it right now. There is a faith factor in the house right now. There is a faith factor in the house. I'm telling you, this is the moment to grab your key. I'm not going to belabor this. I'm telling you, I want people in here to take an envelope quick. Oh, if you're making out checks today, make them out 
to RMI, Revival Ministries International, RMI. You can give in these envelopes. Everybody take one. You can give by way of debit card, credit card, however you got to do it, whatever you got to do. But if you've got a dream, I'm telling you, you better take the key today because you will stand before God and he'll say, I remember the day that the key was offered you for breakthrough for your ministry, for your family, for your house, for whatever you need, for your business, for another level. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. She gave a key to get a key. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not me, folks. Not me, folks. Just right there. But I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Breakthrough is in the house. You may say, but I'm coming up to you because I want the key that you have. I'm telling you that key comes when you put it right there. That key comes. It doesn't come from me anyway. It doesn't come from Pastor Rodney. We have only been the ones that have been issued uh, the ability to, to pass it out by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But it comes right there when nothing that you own, nothing that you have is your own. It comes from God Almighty when you lay everything down and say, I'm going to that level in Jesus' name. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Debbie Rich. I trust that you enjoyed this podcast and that it is a life-changing experience for you. And there are more great podcasts to come. And hopefully you will join us for each and every one. God bless.